0: How has grace changed your life more over time? Like tea, grace steeps in our lives for richer testimonies. This week, we talk with founder of Teshua Tea, Bradley Hopp, to hear how God's grace has impacted him and those served by his ministry that society often forgets. Hey, I'm Shay.
1: And I'm Michelle.
0: Are you equipped for the real battle? And the spiritual is not just about your weaponry, it's about what you consume and who's calling the shots in your life. You are listening to The Pantry Podcast, Season 7, God Intentions, where we look at the way we live and ask, is this from God or do I just think this is good?
1: Help us fuel 59 countries with spiritual nutrition. Donate on Patreon or thepantrypodcast.com.
0: And now let's dig into the meal. Hey, Hi. Man, I am excited tonight.
1: Are you? I know, because this is like I mean, one of on. your friends. I mean,
0: it is a friend, good friend, and I, he is awesome. Yeah. He is awesome. Um, and tonight we're going to be talking about Grace Steeps. Yes. And really, I guess what we're really trying to break down is you know, when I look at, think of James, I think of James and and James used to be one of those scary books. It's like, <gasps> Emma, what, uh, what? But then when you start, like when grace starts to really seep in and you start to learn the humility versus the pride and you really start to understand what grace is and the grace that God gives us, yeah. then James opens up a whole new layer. And what I, uh, the verse that came to me, it was like James four, six, where it says, but he gives more grace, Therefore he says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. See, grace steeps. It's it's understood more. Yeah. It's actually understood more when we bring ourselves from pride. Yeah. And we humble ourselves before the Lord. And this brother of mine, I am telling you, I have loved him since like day one. I think we caught we hit him up and it was like <laughs> it was like, oh man. This dude, I love him. If I could live next door to Bradley Hop, I just dropped his name. I don't care. If I could live next door to Bradley Hop, man, I would because I just love this guy. So I'm going to let Michelle take it from there. But just remember, man, the more you learn about grace, like grace is sufficient, right? And the more we learn how sufficient that grace is, the more we want to follow his path. We want to follow his way. We want to put ourselves aside and just go after the world with the gospel.
1: Yeah. So Bradley Hopp is the host of Liberty Unveiled podcast, as well as a founding partner of Teshua Tea Company, a ministry that helps support and provide purpose and training in different trades as a way to help those who have been abused and forgotten by the rest of society. His business partner, Andrew, is a missionary to Asia. And not only does he work with leper villages and the underground church in communist countries, he and his team also rescue girls trapped in sex slavery. Some of these girls are as young as 11 years old And so today, we want to just introduce and welcome you to the show. So we can talk about how this has changed you.
2: (sighs) It has been a stretching experience. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. Um, I have done things on the computer as far as learning to uh, learning to build websites and and just all sorts of stuff that I never thought I would ever. Never in a million years thought I would do so. Yeah, it's been a stretching experience. <laughs> so, so in that stretch, like yeah, I, I
0: love that because I mean, let me tell you something. You get into podcasting or you get into something that you're like, uh, yeah, <gasps> okay. Now I'm lucky. I got a, I got the, I got the best half sitting over there. That's like on it, brother. She's you like, did this blah, blah. whole
1: setup, right?
0: Well, the setup. Okay, so hardware and software, but software right. to me is like foreign language. But Bradley, I got a question, brother, because I know we've talked a lot, but what got you into Teshua?
2: My business partner, Andrew, would come to our church and he would he would visit and he would share stories from the girls that we were rescuing or that he's rescuing, he and the team are rescuing. And um, you know, I would listen to these stories and I was out on the road. I, I deliver fire trucks part-time all over the country and and uh, with COVID happening, I've gone back to doing that part-time just while we're getting everything going. But um, yeah, I was wanting to something that I could be able to be at home more full-time and and then one day, uh, Andrew posted on his Facebook page, he posted some of the bracelets the girls were making. And I'm like, you know, I could I could do something. I could start a little Brad's bracelet shop or something like this. And I could sell these bracelets <laughs> and right. and, uh, and be able to generate some income and be able to be at home full time. And and as I moved through that process of exploring everything and, and really looking at everything, I'm like, I really felt like the Holy Spirit said, no, there's a lot more here. And, and I want you to combine with Andrew and I want you to um, partner up with him as far as, as the business goes. And and I want you to help him get these products out there. And and I want you to give, you know, half of it back and stuff. And so that's what we've done. We, um, like I said, it just kind of unfolded. It was really kind of cool how it just happened. It was, like I said, was, we were just going through it. And it just, you know, it's like, Andrew, I want you to be blessed. I want you to have half the profits from this. And, and he goes, well, my half is going to go back to the rescue mission. And I'm like, that's perfect. I'm like that is that is everything that encapsulates everything I want to do because my heart has always been to see. I mean, I remember when during the early '80s, you guys, would definitely remember this. Uh, early '80s, late '80s, early '90s. Uh, Michelle, you might be a little bit young for that, but um, but uh,
1: <laughs> I might recall one or two memories. <laughs> but,
2: but you know, South Africa had the whole apartheid movement, and and I remember this mm. in Namibia and and these countries were dealing with apartheid, and and. Uh, that was something that was really near and dear to my heart at the time and and as that got rectified and and stuff that, missions has always been something that's been important to me and and important to my heart and stuff and and uh um having six kids four still at home it's hard for me to just pack up and and leave so you know this was a way that I could do that man. so yeah i like that
1: yeah i remember you talking to us when we first realized what you mm-hmm. did um we met through like podcasting mm-hmm. groups and stuff like that when we realized what you did And we got on Zoom with you and you were sharing these incredible transformative stories of the people that are on the ground on that side Mm -hmm. of things, what they're Mm -hmm. doing for the people. But it was interesting because it wasn't just people we would consider victims, but also, you know, the verse about praying for your Mm -hmm. enemy comes to mind. Mm -hmm. And so few people really realize how powerful praying for your enemy would be, including in a situation like sex Mm -hmm. trafficking. Would you mind kind of walking our listeners through like that story you shared with us kind of at the beginning of when all the COVID stuff. Started yeah. Happening. So,
2: um, so Andrew had gone over to Asia and opened up a restaurant next door to a 16,000 student university and it was an American fair restaurant. And that was just kind of his cover story because the country he's working in is a communist country. And, and, um, so we have to be really careful what we say and how we say it and stuff. And so, but anyway, he, um, he had opened this restaurant and, and one day he decided he needed to advertise for some help. And so he put out some flyers and this girl responded and, and, um, on a Wednesday. And he said, well, come back on Saturday and I'll give you an interview and at nine o'clock. So nine o'clock Saturday morning came and went 10 o'clock came and went 11 o'clock came and went finally at 12 o'clock she shows up and he's like, there is no way I'm hiring this girl. Absolutely no way. And, uh, but the Holy spirit spoke up and said, no, I want you to hire her. And this, uh, just a quick note here. This is a really important part of listening to the Holy spirit. Cause if he hadn't listened to the Holy spirit, all of what we've done since then would have been missed. And so he, he hired her she brought on one of her friends and they started waitressing in the restaurant and stuff. And both of these girls became Christians. And then they both had a heart to share the gospel with the girls and the brothel owners working in the brothels there and the brothels, just to give your listeners an idea. They're not, um, just out and out brothels, They're karaoke clubs is what they are. That's their cover story. And, and so the girls, these two girls would take gifts into the girls in the brothels. They would take gifts into the owners and they would build a relationship with them in this, in this communist country. The, the relationship is extremely important. And so they would take gifts into them. And one day they said to the brothel owner, they said, do you want to meet an American that speaks your language? And he said, well, heck I've never met an American, let alone one that speaks my language. So sure. Well, it was just set up. And, and, uh, uh this guy ended up sitting down with Andrew Andrew shared the gospel with this guy and this guy got radically transformed. I mean, this guy is, is Mm. Asian mafia and he got hundred percent turned around, set all of his girls free, released 20 girls that day, um, shut down his brothel and, and actually started working with us to help rescue more girls. And so he actually, um, because he was mafia, he still knows all the boys in the club, so to speak. And he would actually go and and help us rescue, uh, more girls and stuff. And so that's kind of how all this started.
0: Wow. Mm. That is that is like, you know, the transformation that the Holy Spirit mm. brings. Like when we uh-huh. listen, yeah, it, it's amazing how that expounds, mm-hmm. you know, how it just grows. Like like we're talking about grace steeps, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, I'm not just being very specific on one portion of the Bible. I'm just, yeah. this, that, that, that's just this episode right. title. You know, it's <laughs> like, okay, yeah, that's cool because Teshua T Company, right. hey, you know, right. grace steeps. But you know, but that is mm-hmm. it though. See, he went to the cross with that grace, and then, then he, gave, he allowed us through that when he you know, resurrected and, and, and came back, and then he left, and he's like, I'm leaving you my yeah. advocate. And it's like, to hear right. that. To hear that, like, he's like, I ain't hiring her. because, like, flesh, right? I'm not hiring this <laughs> no. person, but you're, you're thinking business. You're thinking right. business. Yeah. You know, we're thinking flesh, we're thinking world. And then God comes in and says, <laughs> uh, We're going to think in the spirit on this one because this is going to move right. mountains. Right. Yeah. And, and man, that's what I'm hearing. Brad, another, another one where Andrew chases. Come on, tell me about how he went out all through the country <laughs> looking for that, for that one guy. I'm telling you, we know the stories, y'all. So I'll just let you know. And yeah, awesome. this is
2: one of my favorites. Um, So, so, with the first uh, brothel owner, he set all of his girls free. And then we, he helped to start rescuing more girls. And so we would literally go in and, and he would get us a mapping of the, of the brothels. We'd know where everything was. We'd send two guys in and our guys could go in and, and legitimately be in there and not be participating. It was a karaoke club. So they could literally go in there and spend the evening singing and, and, and they would wait for everybody else to get drunk. And then they would start a fight in the middle of the hallway. And then they would go and, and, um, Uh, the rest of the team would rush in and pick up the girls and carry them out. And that's how we, that's how a typical rescue mission pretty much goes down. But then um, over time, there was one time where, again, Andrew got introduced to another brothel owner. And he sat down with the guy and and tried to share the gospel with him. And and this guy didn't want to have anything to do with it. And a year later, this would have been January 22nd of 2020. um, Andrew and some of his Bible students are praying one morning and, and the Holy Spirit says, I want you to get in the car and I want you to head north out of town. That's all he says. And Andrew's like, Holy Spirit, I don't know anybody north of town. I don't know. I don't. All right, fine. We'll we'll go. We'll listen. And so they get in the car and they start start driving, and they drive fifty miles out of town. I mean, this isn't just driving down to the local convenience store and picking up a gallon of milk. They're they're driving fifty miles. And finally, the Holy Spirit speaks up and says to one of the Bible students, "They're praying this whole time." And and one of the Bible students says, "I think we're supposed to take this exit. Have no idea where they're going." So they take this exit and they get off on this, this, uh, uh side road that parallels the tollway and they go down in 15 miles. And all of a sudden one of the other Bible students speaks up and says, Hey, I think we're supposed to go back and we're supposed to get that gravel two track down, you know, there. So they turn around and they get on this gravel road and they take it three miles out into the country. They're 68 miles out into the middle of nowhere. And they pull up in front of this really ornate, uh, Asian gate. And this 90 year old gentleman comes walking out and he goes, what's your business here? Real gruffly. Andrew's like, "I." I I don't know. <laughs> and about that time, the guy's son-in-law comes walking out and sees Andrew and stops dead in his tracks. And is like, how on earth did you find me here? He knew full well that Andrew didn't know where he lived, where his in-laws lived or anything else. And the Holy spirit directed Andrew and the team right in front of this brothel. It was the brothel owner that he had talked to a year earlier, right in front of his in-laws house out in the middle of nowhere. And this guy is like, I know that you don't know where I, where my in-laws lived. Mm-hmm. And and so he got saved, his in-laws got saved, and he called his wow. his business manager back in town and said, get the girls ready to go. We're setting them free. And they, we rescued eight more girls that day just because somebody listened.
1: Wow. It's amazing how much, you know, I think Grace gets a bad rap because a lot of people take Grace at its face value from mm-hmm. the world and they aren't listening to it with. How it couples so perfectly, obviously, with listening Mm -hmm. to God, being prayerful with Mm -hmm. God, diving into God's word, because grace is more than just brushing things off, never talking about it, saying it's okay and moving on. Grace is delivering with all the love in the world the message God has given you, even if it hurts, even if it's awkward, even if it's painful. You're doing it out of obedience and or love. Mm. And that love, again, you have to speak, like Christians have to understand, we kind of use the same words, but their meaning is different because in the world, love means um, accepting me for absolutely everything I do, never questioning any of it. You know, like the world has completely disrupted what love actually means, but God's love is different. And the only way you're going to understand it is a relationship with him via relying on his word and, and being prayerful and being with him. And it's amazing when you start talking to people who just it's not blind faith in the way of like, well, I don't know. I just, I just do. It's like so purpose driven, God intentions, mm-hmm. wanting to follow God yeah. so much that you're devoting time in prayer. And mm-hmm. when you get something, you're like, all right. Mm-hmm. And you move in that. And the things he does, he, he has weaponized obedience and he has weaponized mm-hmm. grace on his behalf mm-hmm. because he is perfect and sovereign and has all that. Like he can weaponize these things and Satan hates mm-hmm. it.
2: Well, and you're hitting on something because, Because grace and obedience are tied together. They're not mutually exclusive. In fact, grace really does not work without obedience. And um, one of our pastors at our church out here in Iowa wrote a book called Grace Empowerment. And the title is so perfect because grace is not this. So much of the church has, has taken grace and turned it into this sloppy, cheap, get out of jail free card. And God's forgiveness is always available. And his his grace and his forgiveness does extend beyond our stupidity. But at the same time, it's his ability to not sin. It's his ability, his empowerment to obey his word. And it was when Andrew was willing to listen and obey that these things broke open. Mm -hmm. And that's what, you know, that's the empowerment of the gospel. That's the empowerment of the obedience. And, And when we obey, then all of a sudden we start to see these things break open. And I think that that's what so many people miss is they don't, understand that you can't have the blessings without the obedience and and if you're getting blessings without obedience that you may want to check the source of the blessings you know and 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 so i think that 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 grace empowerment is such a great way of saying it because it empowers us to do what he's called us to do it empowers us to be able to help people that are outside of our comfort zone and our realm of influence and and it it empowers us to do these things that we wouldn't know how to do this. And, and it's interesting because God will orchestrate things. And in fact, the book that the, the team uses to help these girls recover cover is a book called cycles of transformation. And it was written by a, um, uh, a Christian psychologist from Australia named Dr. David Nichols, uh, N I C K E L S, I believe. Um, anyway, I don't remember for sure the spelling, but anyway, David Dr. Or Dr. David Nichols actually asked Andrew's wife, Elizabeth to, to translate this book for him years earlier and now years later here this is the book that the that the the two female staff that we had at the time that's what they're using to help these girls recover so it's just all these orchestrations going on behind the scene and i think it's just so amazing yeah.
0: what andrew did was he he moved now you know sometimes we have to move y'all sometimes we just can't sit there and say uh you know what, wait let me just see what god tells me and shows me and t- carries me somewhere it's like, you know, we were we, like, you know, us recently, we were going to move and we we're just like, okay, we, we feel like maybe this is somewhere where God wants us to go. And we're like, God closed our open door. He closed the door and that's fine. That's fine. But what we're doing is making ourselves available and see that word of God mm-hmm. is about being made available. The word of God, it how do I follow the word of God? You know, we're talking about obedience. We're talking about grace, right? So, so it's like, it's like, I am unlocking it. The, the Bible is full of things to help us, the fruits of the spirit. How do I ever get to the fruits of the spirit if I'm not? opening up the word of God, being in communication with God. What I love about that story of of getting to the old, you know, the curmudgeon guy at the (laughs) gate, you know, it's like they weren't just like rolling around. They were (laughs) body-lifing it. They were like sitting in this van moving. It's like we're going to pray. God tells us (laughs) to pray. He says, let's be in communication. And so here they are, you know, wow. and, and they're just constantly praying. And it was like, not one person. He was using, it was, everybody. He was using everybody in that mm-hmm. van. And see those two, obedience and grace working yep. together. Well,
2: and, yeah. and you know, you can't obey something that you only know half of. And this is where so many Christians only want to focus on the New Testament. They only want to focus on the words of Paul. But Jesus never said, I'm doing away with all of the Old Testament law. It's still wrong for me to murder somebody. It's still wrong for me to commit adultery. It's still wrong for me to do all these things. And But if I don't ever study the old part, I won't fully understand the the new part, and 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 you have to have both of those working together, and and you can't fully obey the word of God if you don't know all of it, and and so this is where I think that that um you know so many Christians miss it and stuff, and uh, so oh and by the way, it makes me think just, just to interject here real quick, Shay, I'm still rooting for Iowa. I don't know where God's going to take us, but He's moving something. I know. I know.
1: Look, if you see an amazing patch of land, I guess guess the last one was just a
0: bowel movement. I'm not sure, but it came out. We're good. Right, (laughs) right.
1: It exercised some muscles of faith. mm -hmm. It taught us some things. I think that's so much of what stepping out in faith, knowing that there is grace and that you are willing to listen to correction. All of those things Mm -hmm. that we've been talking about, they make the experience of being forgiven that much richer and deeper. It reminds me of the analogy you've used several times. I forget which pastor gave it, but an Mm -hmm. iPhone has everything to make it work and the ability to handle all these different apps. Like it has so much ability, capability within it. Now, when you're initially saved, it's like, here's the iPhone, right? Here's the salvation. And you can either say, thanks, that's awesome. And like move on about your day. Install only the apps you're familiar with that connect you to your old life and just move forward like, look, I got the phone moving on. Yes, you've got, go you've got the phone, <laughs> yeah. but you're holding something that can do so much mm-hmm. more. Right. And can boost you so much more and make you so much more filled with purpose. Or you can sit there and read the manual that at first everyone has said is boring, but you're gonna learn so much people don't even know. Oh, yeah. You know, you can sit there and talk about it with people. You can uh, ch- like really prayerfully look at what apps you're gonna add. You can do, and then it can be used for so much more. Because the biggest thing about grace is it gives us the access directly to the Lord and also makes us have standing thanks to Christ that allows us to be used, even when we are struggling and imperfect ourselves. And that you can find in the Old Testament, because not a single person aside from Christ was ever perfect. And yet he used them via his grace, right? And so I think it's important for people to realize that the people he used often were no better than Mm -hmm. we are. And if you're waiting to be like Moses or like Daniel, you know, like, I think there's that song, um, I want faith like Daniel in the lion's den, you know, I want hope like Moses in the wilderness, you know, all these things. Yes, but they're they are human, imperfect, and the only reason they were used at all is God's grace, and the only reason it worked is their obedience and faith. You know what I mean, and that's what we and, and, and
2: how did they get that that How did they get to the point that they were at? I mean, if you look at Moses, if you look at Daniel, if you look at David, how did David become the mighty warrior that he was? It wasn't just one day he showed up out on the battlefield and just started killing people. That wasn't where <laughs> David started. David started in his obedience to his dad, out in the backside of the woods protecting the sheep the lowest job in israel i mean shepherds were were not highly looked upon and he's out there and he's watching these sheep and he has a job to protect these sheep and he's out there and one day a bear tries to kill a lamb and and so he kills the bear and one day a lion comes along so and but he's out there and while he's out there he's just throwing stones with his slingshot and he's learning how to use his thing he's learning how to use his tool but he's out in the middle of nowhere nobody's seeing him nobody's noticing him he's out in the backwoods and he's just but he's learning obedience out in the quiet, in the still. And, and you take it to the New Testament. Look at Paul. After Paul got saved, you know, he went back to Jerusalem. And Jerusalem's like, okay, yeah, but you need to get out of here. And they're going to kill you. And you need to go take a couple of years. You need to go hightail it out of here and just go into the desert for a while. And so that's what he did. He, he had that wilderness experience where he just learned to obey in the quiet, the small, the little things. And, it, you know, one of the scriptures talks about the David, I think it was David that wrote it, little foxes spoil the vine. And it's the little things that we don't learn to obey in that spoil the vine and keep us from getting to the full harvest. You know, Daniel and, and Moses, all these guys learn to watch out for those little foxes and they learn to keep them. And, and because they learned to watch out for those, then when they needed their protection later on, God was there in the, in the burning furnace with Daniel and, and Shadrach, or with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and in the lions, Daniel with Daniel, you know, it, it was that grace empowerment that, that protected them because they had learned to fellowship and and we have a story about this with andrew um, i don 't know if I have shared this with you guys when he went to prison um, for his own protection. you know he, he had learned to listen to the holy spirit and and so one of the girls that we had rescued we give them they 're not they 're not kept against their will if they want to go back, if they want to leave, if they want to whatever they can and so one of the girls had saved up her money, and she decided that her pimp was in love with her. She was convinced that he, he was, you know, he was all about her. And, and uh, so she went back and, and uh, she pretty quickly realized when he beat her up and put her in the hospital for a week that no, he wasn't in love with me. And um, so he followed her back to one of the Bible schools that Andrew has. And, um, and then he called a bunch of his corrupt police buddies and some other goons to come help him bust the place up and stuff. And so um, somebody up in the police department heard about it and found out about it. and, sent another department to come arrest Andrew and get him out of there and extract him. Well, that got everybody else to leave the, the Bible school and they didn't tell Andrew what was going on. They just kept it all quiet. And so later on that night, they took him out the back door of this prison and at midnight into an unmarked squad car. And he's going, nothing leaves the back door of one of these communist Asian prisons at midnight. This does not end well, (laughs) this really does not end well. And, and, and they still hadn't told him what was going on. And they took him and put him up in a hotel for the day, until everything blew over. And and that's how God got him out of there and protected him. And, and you know, it's because he was willing to fellowship and listen and to obey in the small things that he had built that track record that when it was time, God protected him.
0: Yeah, God, God has a way. Now, see, I've been thinking about this one lately because <laughs> there's a lot going on in the world. In fact, my mom and I were talking today about like, man, it's like the twilight zone mm-hmm. now. It's so it's like, it's like, this is so crazy sometimes. And and I think that when, uh you know, every time that God has ever sifted me, it's kind of funny. I'm a, I'm like that, I want to go out and battle. Like, I just, I like physically battle, see? And every time that God sifts me, he's like, you can't do anything. <laughs> he's like, you, you can't do anything. And then and, and I have to sit there and I'm like, right. And then he's like, so what did I tell you you need to be doing? And I'm like, right. And then you go back to, your mind, you know, you, re, you you adjust your mind, you capture thoughts, and you're like, okay, let me go back to where he's he's got me going, because I want to jump out here sometimes and just rap. I'm, asking, I'm like, I got my I got my I got my uh, quality control over there. They're like I'm about I'm punching it up. I'm like, check this out. I'm gonna put this out, and she's like, Is it worth it right now? And and, and she's like, cuts it down because it's usually not God, <laughs> it's not God given anyways or God driven, but. uh it's not God I, intentions I, at that it's time. It's definitely not God <laughs> intentions. It's just Shay wanting to rant. Uh, but we learned, But, but in, again, in obedience, you know, or, or in, in oh, man, I just, God gives so much. Like the Old Testament. Like we're sitting here talking about the Old Testament. And yeah, we're talking man. about all of these people in the Old Testament. And then you can bring stories out to, to the world, like beyond the Bible, where people have been in the same situations where God has delivered them or where they're doing the wrong thing and God still delivers them. You know, it's like, it's amazing that when you look, like I, I, I could not have seen Jesus's necessity... Nor his love, nor his grace, without opening up Mm -hmm. empty. There's just no way. I would because you got to see this 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 idea that God wants to take care of His Mm -hmm. own, and and you have to see that at every step someone's jacking something up, man. It's like it's like, but but God puts something in place or or comes back around or brings a lesson out of it or 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 throws someone you know in their path to show them that like now you're you're drifting. And what's cool though is watch this. The ones that progressed, like you're talking about Moses or David or whatever, stopped like David and David and Nathan. Tells a story, gets upset, Nathan says, That's you. Mm-hmm. And David didn't like rip him apart like a king could, right? He he stopped because he knew, watch this, he knew God's voice. Like Andrew can hear God's voice. You know, mm-hmm. I, I could sit here and say, saying that, you know, there's things times when you I hear God's voice. You know, it doesn't always come at me like this big oh no, but it's like right. he speaks because why we know the word the word is in our heart the word is where we go so on that note how are they teaching these girls like what kind of studies you know you're talking about the bible school the bible because i mean once you get them it's like now we need to disciple them
2: right well it's it's not only discipling them because they they a normal day is they they get up uh, they get ready for the day they eat breakfast they do their house chores that they need to get done before the day starts they start doing their or they go through prayer um and I don't remember if they have the quiet time in the afternoon or evening or, and I think they have the prayer time in the morning, but anyway, they have some prayer time and then they, they uh, go through and they learn to read and write and do their math and they go through their schooling. And then in the afternoon, they they start working on either harvesting and processing the tea or running the tea shop or, um, you know, learning to make bracelets or, or whatever it is that they're working on, whatever different crafts or skills they're working on. And then they have supper and they have quiet time and they learn to, um, study their bibles and and do these things and and the amazing thing is that most of these girls that have come to us or pretty much all of them have been illiterate um one of the girls um two years ago about this time graduated our program and and uh became a um, licensed insurance agent uh one of the girls earlier i think it was this year Uh, If I remember right, it might've been at the start of COVID all that kind of runs together now, but um, graduated cosmetology school and opened her own beauty salon. And now she is actually being able to, because she opened her own shop, she's able to give some of the other girls an opportunity to come work there. One of the girls uh, was illiterate in her own native language. And now not only has she learned her own native language, how to read and write it, she's also learning Korean. (laughs) I mean, I still have a hard enough time with English half the time. You know, these are girls that, were forgotten by society that were abused and neglected. And, and they, they through this whole thing, they learned to, you know, we disciple them, Mm -hmm. we share the gospel with them. We don't make them accept the the gospel. They have the choice of, of, do I want to accept the gospel or not? Most of them have accepted the gospel and and those that haven't are are coming around. Um, You know, it's just like, if they come to us pregnant, four of the girls came to us pregnant and, and we don't make them keep their babies, but we encourage them to, And three out of the four have chosen to keep their babies. And when they were making that decision, they're like, this baby is going to be a picture of the abuse and the horror and the trauma that I went through. And this is what they're picturing in their head. And then all of a sudden they gave birth to this baby. And instead of this baby being a picture of the trauma that I went through, this baby is instead a picture of the redemption that I've come through. And, and what we found is that actually the three girls that kept their babies are actually having an easier time recovering. Now we don't, we don't belittle, we don't fault fine. We don't, you know, bash on the girl that didn't keep her baby. We understand and we have compassion for her and we we are helping her through it. But it's harder for her to recover than it was for these other three because all of a sudden what they thought was going to be this this heavy weight burden, I've got to carry this constant reminder of the rape and abuse that I went through, has all of a sudden come around and is a picture of the deliverance. And that's actually where the name Teshua comes from because the name Teshua is actually uh, it's actually the Hebrew word for deliverance. But when I sent it to Andrew and I and I shared it with him, I said, hey, you know, this is the name I'm thinking about. He sent me back a bunch of funny looking characters and and had it all broken down phonetically. And and I'm like trying to translate it or figure out what the heck he's saying. And, and uh, he broke Tishua down phonetically and te is special. Shu means tree. And the A-H at the end of it is the emphasis at the end of a sentence in this particular language. So deliverance is special tree with an exclamation point. It's not just a special tree with a period behind it. It's a special tree with an exclamation point. And I think that that encapsulates the beauty of Tishua, the deliverance. And and that's why it's Tishua house and Tishua tea company, because it's the deliverance that these girls are experiencing. And it's not just, yeah, we're getting upset free and sending them back home. We're giving them a complete deliverance. They're being completely restored. And not only are they being completely restored physically, emotionally, but they're also being restored spiritually and they're able to, to now have that the power of the gospel resonant and working, and, and I always like to share the story of the of the starfish. And I don't know if you guys ever heard the story, but for the listeners that haven't heard it, this little boy standing out at the ocean and he's picking up starfish and, and chucking them back into the ocean as fast as he can. And This elderly gentleman comes up and walks up and says, "You know what are you doing, son?" And he goes, "I'm trying to save these starfish." The old man looks down the beach and he's hundreds and thousands and millions of these starfish, and he goes, "Son, you're not going to make a difference." And a little boy picks up a starfish and looks at it for a second, throws it back Mm -hmm. into the ocean, and he goes, "I made a difference in that one's life." And I think that that's the thing. You know, we 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 may not be getting to millions yet, but we made a difference in 63 girls' lives so far, and and that's the thing. How powerful these girls going to be? I mean, they've got the full gospel. They've got not only do they have the education, they've got the emotional restoration, but now they've got the full power of the gospel. What are they going to do in this communi- communist nation? They're going to be, I, I'm just, I'm waiting for the day that that TNT goes off. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm anxiously because it's not going to be right, just right. addition. Now it's going to be multiplication and that's where the power comes in. It's, 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 mm. if you will take the time to disciple a few and then teach them to disciple a few, yeah, it may take you five, six, 10 years. But all of a sudden you start hitting the multiplication factor and it becomes thousands.
0: And then that person, that guy looks at him and goes, huh, you got a point. And he starts picking up a starfish. And then maybe Mm -hmm. somebody comes along later and says, yep, what are you doing? And it just progresses. It multiplies. I love that. I love that in how God's plan works that way. When used, when we use his plan, when we use his way as believers, Right. And it becomes to become that multiplication. It's like, I, I know, Bradley, like, you see that sometimes. You're like, there's so many, I'm sure. I'm sure there's just, like, I mean, because I, I have other countries I work in, within, you know. And it's like, through this whole COVID, it's like, oh, people starving. You know, five, right. six days, no food. And, like, it just becomes so, I know for me, burdensome. So, in those, in those moments, like, what does Bradley do? Like, I want, because I think listeners need to understand, like, how to capture And then proceed, you know, because we got to keep moving. We can't, we we can't allow the enemy to stagnate us. So, right.
2: No. And and it really comes down to listening and moving in God's timing. And, and that's the thing, you know, I'm with you. I'm, I'm that horse at the beginning of the race, the stuck in the stall that wants to get out the thoroughbred that wants to get out there and run and wants to just full steam ahead. Let's just, just, let's just go. And, and for me, oftentimes God's going, hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. And it, it's kind of like that arrow that's in the quiver and, and it's being drawn back and drawn back and drawn back. And you feel like you're going backwards and going backwards and going backwards, but all of a sudden it stops. And you're at that silent waiting period right before you got the deer in your sights or, or, you know, for those that don't like hunting the target in your sights and you're just waiting and it's being held. It's waiting. It's waiting. It's waiting. It's waiting for the wind to be right. It's waiting for all the conditions to be right. And all of a sudden, boom, and it goes, but when it goes, it goes and you know that's where where i've been at this year a little bit because you know COVID has shut down andrew being able to get back in country is shut down um you know it's shut down some of the ports and we're we're trying to get a you know at least a partial container load over and stuff and we're trying to get the funding for that and and stuff and and so there's these different things but there's all along there's been little things that have we got our FDA approval. We got, you know, so we can, when we go to ship stuff in now, we can just call the FDA. Boom. We're bringing this in. That gets us through customs easier. You know, it, it, all these little things are coming into place. And and, and so oftentimes I have right. to just sit back and go, okay, God, I'm going to follow your timing and I want to get out and run. This isn't going as fast as I wanted to. Why aren't we there yet? We should be there yet now. All right. Yeah. God. <laughs> I'm like the little kid in the back seat going, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet?
0: Right. I'm going to double on, that one more thing because what you just said, and it really hit hit home so i just heard you say it's been hard to get andrew back in country so who is over mm-hmm. there picking up slack or is there someone over there picking up the slack and 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 just kind of talk about that yeah. because it's important in the discipleship process
2: And well so andrew has been over there like 14 years if i remember right um and he has developed a team of staff members he has 36 staff members at least he has pastors he has bible school teachers he has um um, the, the, um, the two primary house moms, and then two of the girls that were earlier rescuees have now stepped up into assistant house moms. And this is what comes back to that, that I'm just, I'm so excited to see what happens with these girls because they're just going to explode. And, uh, you know, they're taking what they've learned and they're they're applying it on a daily basis now helping the younger girls recover and stuff. And, and so he's got a team of people. And, and one thing that I'll interject here real quickly is that I would ask your listeners to be in prayer. We have a, and I, I by the time this episode is out, um, uh, our, we have a Bible school teacher over there that he, and, and, um, some of the Bible students were arrested Mm -hmm. because one of the students took a picture inside the Bible school. And if people don't think that your smartphones are a window in for the government, you're dumb. It is. And this, this particular government is using the smartphones and they, they, uh, went through her pictures or his pictures, whoever it was. And they saw the pictures inside the Bible school and they saw the geolocation and they saw the, you know, it had something to do with Jesus on the wall and they came in and they, they arrested the the Bible school teacher and the students. And, mm-hmm. and they've sat in prison for over a year and uh, we're actually in the process. Now they've served their time. The judge find them, uh, I don't remember how many thousands of dollars. And then he said, um, you've served your time now. So now you can be released once you pay the fines and stuff. And, and the Bible students and the teacher are like, no, we're not leaving until we've ever, until everybody leaves, we're not leaving. So they, um, are raising the money to, um, to get all of them out at once and stuff. But, you know, these, these are our Christian brothers and sisters that are, that are being watched by the government. And, and so we have to be very careful about what we do and stuff. And so sure. uh your listeners can definitely be praying for the underground church in this country because they, they do face what, what, very what are serious at consequences, you know. Um, and if I remember right, it was in the neighborhood of about 40,000 uh, that they had to have for all of them to get out. Yeah. And, and I think we were at like okay. 20 or something thousand the other day that I heard. So, um, but like i said by the time this episode comes out i think we'll we'll have raised that and have them out but but you know it's important that we we that all the believers in this country operate with due diligence and and, and um just make sure that they're protected and kept and, yeah. and, yeah. and, and in not is going through the same too thing far right now. Into this, i mean
0: but you know. even in america we we are heading in a direction i think people need to re- recognize mm-hmm. yeah. and, and you know where the church is you know okay this is prophecy y'all this right. isn't me just sitting here in my chair being political this is prophecy. This is this is something, if you read your Bibles, because that is the direction of the world, it is the shutdown of Christianity because that's the Luciferian system that's so behind it. Okay, enough of that. But I just want to throw that in there because I think it's important that everyone understands how important this is. Now, that doesn't stop our gospel message. That doesn't stop what we do. I mean, hey, I'll go sit in prison for a year if that's what it takes because that is the love, watch <laughs> this, the love I have for my father. Listen to this, guys, because what you're hearing right now, you have Andrew... who listened, who listened, hired two girls, listened. And he says, okay, God, here I am. And and it's a constant listening, a constant listening. But where did that, now that he can't even get in the country, he's got provision over in that country. He's got people who have been redeemed in that country. He has got people who God has reached out and just touched them, touched their hearts and their minds and, and healed their souls. See that, that is what this is about. And, and, right. and sometimes it takes sifting. You know, I, I love it where where uh, Jesus is saying, hey, Peter, Satan wants to sift you. But watch this. Jesus is sitting there saying, but I'm praying for you. I've been praying for you. He sits at the right hand of his father in intercession for us. And I think this is a place that we need to understand, especially when we're right. going into these these, these these missionary works that require so much faith, mm-hmm. so much trust. And, and you know, I, I just love your, your heart, brother. Mm-hmm. I, I, just every conversation that we ever have. It's just so you're, you're, you have a beautiful heart. And, you know, I'm breaking down on my brother here. He has got a beautiful heart for people. He has got <laughs> a beautiful heart for 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 people who are lost or people who are suffering or people who've gone through persecution. And, man, I, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you, because I, it is definitely something that is is paving away and making a difference in that one, you know, that one that God leaves the ninety nine and goes for the one. And I think it's just amazing.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Um, is, please tell everyone how they can get in touch with you and support Teshua.
2: Okay, so they can go to com. It's T E S H U A H. T-E-A.com, or they can go to deliverance T.com. So I have two, two ur- URLs that go to the same website. So deliverance T is a little bit easier for people to remember, but um, you can go to, Tushuat.com or deliverance T.com. Uh, you can pick up some of the products that helps us, uh, you know, buy more products from the girls. You can donate on the donate page. There's a donate tab. I, I want to strongly encourage people when you, when you send a donation, please make sure that you're sending it like you're sending it to friends and family, not like you're sending it to a business, because then hundred percent of it goes to the work, not, you know, a portion of it going to the work and then some of it going to PayPal. Um, it goes direct to the rescue mission. And so just so people understand how expensive this is too, it's it's over $23,000 a month. It costs uh, $2,500. Uh, whenever we do a rescue, the initial rescue itself, just and get the girls out of these brothels. That's about $500 to just get them out the door, but then to get them the clothing. Because when we go in and rescue them, you know, we, the, the team is literally picking them up and carrying them out the door with whatever they have on or don't have on. And that's, what they start their new life with is literally nothing. And so we get them into the van. We ask them, do you want to come with us? Here's what we're doing. We're rescuing you. We're getting you out of here. Do you want to come with us? 100% of them obviously have said yes. But then once they they go through that initial rescue, then we got to give them uh, medical care. We get them uh, a full medical checkup, all new toiletries, all new clothing, all new, you know, everything that they're going to need to start a new life. And that's about $2,500 per girl to get them examined, you know, all this stuff, uh, get them their school supplies, whatever. And honestly, some of these girls are going to be with us for a long time. You know, one of the youngest girls that we've rescued so far is 11. So, you know, uh, she's going to be with us for seven years, you know, so it's, it's expensive. Um, but as I said, e- the more product that we can sell, the more we can send money back to the rescue mission, the more we can economically empower them, the more donations that we can get, the more that goes back to, to running the rescue mission and the more that we can be able to multiply our efforts now that we've got a team of people that know what they're doing in the country and know how to do it very successfully.
1: And for everybody listening, we will have all of the links in the show notes as well as on the screen if you're watching the video. And we just wanna thank you one last time and say until next time.